One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. If you enjoy this episode, do consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can help me to grow the show by leaving a review on iTunes. For anyone who does subscribe, review or share, thank you. I appreciate it. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips for success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning into the podcast once again. Uh, this is a, a, a seminal moment in the podcast uh, because we've got my first repeat guest. So Edward Turner, who uh, please don't go back and listen to our first episode because it was a drunken shambles. Three hours of rubbish. <laughs> Three hours of ramble. But um, the good thing about Ed is, is he can chat and uh, I'd actually like him to be a repeat guest in terms of doing kind of regular... Uh, roundtable discussions where we talk about things that are affecting the industry and hopefully I'll get some other people to join us in the future. Um, Ed is head of marketing at? At Lingvist, which is a uh, heavily statistics and science focused way of learning languages for the moment. There we go. So that's what Ed does and he's just been at Snapchat, which is quite interesting. Yeah, nice meeting there. (laughs) Right, so the uh, four questions I've got here, I'm sure we'll rift and go off onto different uh, tangents, but the four things we're looking to focus on is how do you become famous? What constitutes authenticity? Uh, What are the pitfalls of startups versus solopreneurship? And should people be doing social media? And so... um, All right, let's kick into it. So let's start off with how do you become famous? And I'll tell you with the beginnings of all these questions. So a lot of these questions, just for people who are listening, are kind of pet peeves of my own. And this is my uh, opportunity to rant and talk about things. So it's occurred to me that kind of people's uh, uh, look at the way celebrity culture is, is that there's almost a, a level of divide between them understanding the way celebrity works and... Um, the way celebrity works and celebrities themselves. So they can't, they look at celebrities as though they are someone different as opposed to someone that has the same kind of emotions and struggles that we have as human beings. And so one manifestation of this would be 
I often say when people are struggling with something and they maybe they haven't slept the night before or and they've got to really give it some, I try and point out that, you know, maybe Adele, before she stands on stage mm-hmm. in front of hundreds of thousands of people, may have struggled to sleep the night before, um, you know, but they get up and get on with it and they're, re- they're only people at the end of the day. Um, but how do people go from being nobodies to somebodies? And so... No, let's not put it like that. No, no, this is quite con- condescending to, to 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 myself and everyone else. But um, how do people end up in in the, the positions of fame? Bearing in mind that probably celebrity is one of the biggest um, leverages you can have as a human being. So, um, what is your feeling on fame as just a starting point? Well, I I, I don't know exactly how to define fame. Um, and how one goes about achieving it uh, successfully. Um, But I I guess kind of by definition, you need to simply be uh, different. Um, You you can't play by the rules. If everyone's pushing to become uh, a famous singer who's uh, really tapping into a particular audience, it's going to be far more difficult to break into that than if you tap into a different audience or if you tap into the same one but you yourself are a very different type of person. So I don't think you can play by the rules, as it were. You, by definition, have to go outside of the rules. Which I agree with to to some degree, and I would also push back on it because there are a lot of people who are highly successful uh, who, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's people that aren't successful that you could point virtually a direct comparison to them. So, you know, a fantastic singer who has millions of followers and earns millions of pounds versus the excellent singer that sings at the pub every week and is equally as good if, if put head to head, but actually isn't um, famous. And so what separates people who are equally as talented, who are targeting the exact same area? And I would probably say that there's a lot more manufacturing to it than people people believe. Um, uh, just to share some of my own experiences. So last year or year and a bit ago now, I did a celebrity dodgeball thing. Basically, we were working on a, a project where uh, we got roped in by a charity to take part in this really fun uh, dodgeball event with some celebrities. And it's really interesting to see their public, the way that they... Uh, sh- showcase themselves in public with a lot of charisma versus the way they were backstage where they they could have been any (laughs) person off the street um and you know for people to understand that not only is it does it come down to talent but there's also marketing and pr and all uh you know the fact that people have been born into a circumstance where they can afford to give 10 years of their life without having to worry about paying for the bills or um so there's and i wanted to bring this up because uh so many of us are kind of chasing in uh individual popularity Uh you know myself included by doing things like this but should we be delusioned to the idea that we could feasibly become famous you know well how, how firstly how do you define fame Okay, that's a good question to start with. Because you're you're, you're chasing, by the sounds of it, like a niche version of of fame. And when I say fame, I don't simply mean people knowing your name for the sake of it. I mean that you're known particularly for something on on grounds of merit. Yeah, so what you're 
talking about there is the difference between niche fame, which means that you could walk down the street and nobody would know you, Mm -hmm. but you walk into an environment of of your peers and everyone does. And so that's a conscious decision to target yourself on an area of life that you think is is worthy of targeting. Um, I would consider fame uh, at its simplest level as the leverage of being known. Right, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Like, let, let, let's uh, kind of talk about this in terms of what what constitute. Uh, like, why do footballers get paid a lot of money? For example, the reason footballers get paid a lot of money is because a lot of people are uh, watch football, and if you happen to be one of the best players in football, regard or even if you're in the top tier of playing football, you get paid a lot on the basis that a lot of people watch you. So. Um, they're playing in the biggest pond and mm-hmm. happen to be at the top of the mm-hmm. game. If watching me sat on the toilet was like entertaining enough for uh, 10 million people to tune in, I'd Absolutely. probably get paid a lot of money for it, yep. regardless of whether my action was the same action that anybody else performs, which is where you get a lot of people who criticise, say, people um, like Kim Kardashian, right, who just is a, a walking... Um, I don't know, PR machine slash, uh, you know, she just, she knows how to get media attention, but she doesn't do anything particularly uh, special. In front of the cameras, that is. Yeah. But I mean, people tune in, right? So she yeah. does uh, is granted opportunities that other people's aren't that she can leverage. So the question of how do people actually become famous, um, which is... So have we have we summed up? I mean, I mean, I I I think it it really is just. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to be vindicated in the long term with this, but I, I really would sort of push the there are no rules, um, because <laughs> when 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 everyone abides to the same sort of you can do this, you can't do that, then no one stands out, and. By definition, being famous is to stand out. And so you have to push yourself outside of the norm. Yeah. Um, it how you go about that is is I mean, it's it's absolutely up to you. If you if you want to race to the bottom and if you want to just stand out really, really quickly, then you can do something which which nobody will do, like of something which is morally questionable. If you do something really bad, everyone's gonna know your name overnight. Well, that's where you get Katie Hopkins, for example, who you know, be- becomes famous through having um, opinions that nobody that nobody appreciates. But yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah. she she's playing outside of the rules. I mean, the rules here are be- being defined as, I guess, morals. Like you can't say that. You can't say this. This is rude. This is like, this is not how a civic society operates. You can't be saying things like that. But she gets famous as a result because she's playing outside of the rules and standing out as a result. So. As a skeptic, someone who goes... It's, it's, it's harder to be famous while towing the line and being sort of part of a civic society because that's where everyone's trying to compete. <laughs> Which is funny uh, that one of our questions is about authenticity, so we'll, we'll reflect on that in a minute. But okay. So somebody who they've stood out, okay, step number one. So they've decided that they're going to push against the norm. Sorry, this is what happens when you have beers whilst you're on a podcast. Um so, yeah, they've pushed against the norm. 
then there's other elements to this. So I'm trying to I'm trying to um, diagnose what it is that celebrities tend to have, and I think that one of the things is the ability to turn it on in front of in in media space, as in up their energy levels and and appear as though they they mm-hmm. have high mm-hmm. levels of charisma. I think that they're very very good at identifying opportunity and finding distribution, which is. So coming back, I think we'll we'll talk about this in the startups versus solopreneurship question, but hmm. um, I believe that distribution is a key factor in what determines whether someone goes on to be famous or doesn't. So, for example, um, what, who are the guys that went through X Factor, that, that group of lads? Do you know their name? One, oh, dire- one, one Direction. direction. So One Direction are four lads from, a, from towns who could have been mm-hmm. anyone's kids, right? Yeah. They go, they ha- they go on um, X Factor. Was it X Factor? I think it was X Factor. And obviously, there's a large listenership there. Yeah. And then they get put into a manufactured machine yeah. where this is one thing which I think is particularly interesting as well is how obviously there's a lack of self awareness among young people, um, and so they're more susceptible to be gullible to the idea of fame and idealization and if that's even a word um which this is why it bemuses me when adults are still so fascinated by celebrity because at some point i feel like is there never is there not a phase where people understand that actually this is all of a marketing thing hmm. and the best time you'll ever ever notice this is if you ever get invited to or go and watch a tv show be produced and you see what you see on the TV and then you see the way it actually operates, where the cameras are cutting and they're asking them to repeat stuff in order to, mm-hmm. you know, convey a very different message to their audience. Um, and so for people who are listening to this, it's it's probably about working out, um, you know, not only are you skilled, not only are you able to stand out, but where are you going to be able to get distribution? Um would you agree with that? Yeah, I guess I would. Um, I, I, th- I think of the standing out thing like like any creative. Uh, if you're if you're if, if you're planning an ad campaign, if you're I don't know planning any campaign, the half 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 the goal is to just simply cut through the noise, and so that's kind of standing out. It's not obeying by the rules that everyone else seems to have obeyed by to do something really original. Of course, you need to work hard in the background. You need to think about how you're going to get found so again i'll push you on this okay two people one of them has produced a a massive cut through campaign Mm -hmm. another has produced a crap campaign but has a hundred thousand pounds in media spend yep who wins the former the first yeah i i don't i don't think they do really yeah i mean if if the first one has truly excellent content a great idea, like really well executed, yeah. but has no money to push it. I'm prepared to bet on them. See, this is so. For example, um, being a designer myself and having done a lot of creative work <laughs> as you have, um, I've produced work in the past that I would consider to be really good. Okay, and it's done nothing. That's ironic because I I, I haven't been able to put quite the level of creativity into my work, but I have had the budget. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So we're fighting different sides of the battle. But when times when I've done stuff that has, um, I call these pronto projects, which is basically where they leverage the media in any given moment. So a great example of this was I produced a Coney poster when the Coney mm-hmm. campaign blew up. I knew they were, you know, I knocked them out in 10 minutes. 
they were just a, a minimalist version of the the actual Coney poster, and it leveraged the media because it was, um, you know, in that moment it was topical, mm-hmm. and so I got disproportionate amounts of distribution, and so I was credited for that piece of work much more than was than I should have been. So put this into the context of celebrity. Uh, some celebrities are just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I'll put Adele in that in, as, as a singer. There's a lot of singers who are famous, who have millions of followers, who can't, uh, uh, compared to many, are not very good at live singing. But they're show people and they know how to leverage media. Mm-hmm. And so you'll often, you'll sometimes have the uh, embarrassing show where a celebrity is asked to sing live and the the whole facade comes tumbling down and you realize that actually it's just a distribution thing and so don't get me wrong i believe that if you combine the two if you if you have great work and you have distribution that that is probably the true essence of how you cut through into to hmm. fame to some degree and then just going full circle back to your initial point with regards to niche versus mass market, mm-hmm. I think it's for people who are listening to this. It's that's a question of what 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 do you you know what do you want to be known for? Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's possible to to gain leverage by pushing against things which aren't innately you. Um, you know, for example, podcasts aren't necessarily. The, uh, the best medium for becoming mass known versus if I was to produce music, which, you know, let's face it, I'm not a musician, but I've heard some pretty ropey uh, grime rappers uh, who, who do far, far uh, better than me in terms of social reach. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think move on from fame. Yeah, sure. I think you had uh, some really good points there. Um, all right, moving on. So second pet peeve of the uh, round table, <laughs> authenticity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I feel, by the way, that I'm rambling a lot. So um, y- I'm going to get you in on this, Ed, because this is your territory. So <laughs> at the moment, there's a massive thing uh, where brands are trying to become authentic. And what, they, what that means is, is that they're trying to convey them, convey to people that their interests are people and not their financial interests, which is a fantastic strategy, right, in terms of, you know, we care about you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is that actually authentic? And so I've got, I've got <laughs> um, a problem with the word to some yeah. degree because the actual thing is they want to make money. There's no hiding from it, yeah. Yeah, and so... There's some people I genuinely admire, like, say, I, I'll talk about rap artists again, where they talk about, I want a fast whip and I want loads of women and I want loads of money because that is what, in their brain, that is what they want, right? Whereas... Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it, it might be possible that they truly do care, purely like a brand or, or whoever truly does care about people and they truly do care about putting this higher cause above everything else, but then everything else as a result just follows from that. It, I, I'm prepared to, I, I hope yeah. that there are people out and brands out there that do truly, like even listed publicly traded firms out there that do put 
the good of the world or the good of their their customers or yeah the the aims and the ambitions of their customers above everything else and they purely drive towards that because in the in in the world of in in the world of buzzwords and sort of high highfalutin marketing marketing strategy everything else will kind of flow from that but that's my, that's that is my point right yeah <clears throat> Is I that, hope it's that way. In the high world of the marketing, whatever, whatever you just said, you said it much better than I would. Uh, Ed is also my elo- elocution teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is a marketing thing, you know, to say that we're authentic and for everything to come out of that is to some degree um, pulling the wool over, over, over people's eyes. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, Say Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. who everyone praises because uh, she stands for people being different. Do you think that she doesn't know that that is a good marketing position? She probably does, but I like to think that she doesn't. She, she thinks of that as secondary. I I I completely think that's bullshit. Really? Yeah. Now, uh, so we did a, a music video for a guy called Andy Grammer, right? And the song was called Fresh Eyes, and it was about how you look at your partner with fresh eyes. It was definitely about a partner. And we pitched it as, let's give a fresh eyes on homeless people. So we went to Skid Row and he filmed this video and he's like, hey guys, I'm uh, I'm doing this thing for homeless people and this is the number you can call to donate. And don't get me wrong, did great thing. And there's the, there's the argument of, if the result is positive, does it matter? Hmm. But if I'm, as I say, if I'm, if I'm uh, being picky around words, I don't know if authentic is the word I would use for what they're doing. I'm, I would say they provide value by doing things in the interest of people. Does that make sense? But by authentic, you are meaning, uh, like, uh, th- th- this is your understanding of the word authentic, that it means you're doing it for, for, for people and you're just being yourself when while you're doing it. Yeah, th- well, my... I guess in the context it's, which... It's a huge topic yeah, in marketing. It, it, it will make or break you. Well, this is, for, for example, uh, this is a great... I'll use my, myself as an example. So I, uh, as well as being into advertising and creativity and design, mm-hmm. I went down a marketing, uh, you know, I'm into marketing. Mm-hmm. If you uh, explore marketers, you'll find on their websites they have big yellow buttons and pop-ups and... Um, you know, lead magnets and all this stuff, which is intended to to kind of build trust with an audience, right? And they're doing good stuff, but in the f- industry that I'm in, people shy away from that because they hate it. You know, they're like, I don't want anything to do with that world. And so to, I had to make myself more authentic, which is present my stuff in a more um, high... Uh, if you go on my website, you'll see it mm-hmm. feels very sophisticated. It feels... You know, and I'm not saying that that's not the. Well, I'd like to think that's an extension You've of myself. Got a black and white photo of yourself, Ricky. Yeah, that's that's my. It's the picture of myself in my head, right? That I am depicting to the world. Yep. Um. Is behind that is me striving to um, become financially stable as a, as a solopreneur, right? And. In order to achieve that, I'm having to veil myself in authenticity. If 
if that may, if like so if anything yeah, i think yeah. that me saying this is the most authentic yeah. i could possibly be yeah. but brands don't do that brands like mcdonald's will say you know our beef is from this beautiful farm look at this cow in this wide open field and if you went to mcdonald's farm it would be 5000 cows in a in a pen on top of each other exactly and you know it would just be something completely different and but the thing is is that people buy into authenticity yeah, there's a fine line. I mean, I, I don't think I'd buy into the, the the McDonald's thing. I mean, I, I can see what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of people can see what they're trying to do as well, even if they're not in marketing. I think they can look through it. Which is, we, so this is why my first question was about celebrity. Uh-huh. Because celebrities are no different from me or you. They're just marketed to be superstars okay but people people buy into that and they believe it so our messages that we convey are actually way more powerful than we think they are it's just a more it's a a more long-term view on it Hmm. which is why you know a brand like say coke will start doing like the day before they weren't doing anything to do with sugar and then they'll go no sugar from now on and at that moment in time it looks like oh god coke are doing this seismic shift Yep. that nobody's going to buy into. But as long as they do it for the next 20 years, the kids who are being born today, who are being funneled through the, the lifetime of a brand, won't know the time before when Coke used to do horrendous things or whatever. Um, I don't know the point I'm trying to make here. I guess all I'm trying to say is, is um, are we really being authentic? Yeah, there's definitely a very, very clear win for anyone who can pull off the allure of being authentic. Um, it, it, it's so in your interest to be able to do it. Uh, but <laughs> See, that's, yeah, anyone that can pull off the allure of a perception of authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt most people are being truly authentic, but there will be some. Uh, and I dare say there will be the majority of that will be in people who haven't yet seen the the real business benefits. They, they've yet to really make it. Um, and, and But while, while they're still on the way up and they still have very, very decent uh, intentions and they've yet to have the, the dynamics of, let's say, being a publicly traded company, for example, where you've got to answer to shareholders rather than just to you and your friend and maybe an investor. Uh, it, it, it's maybe easier to do it back then. Um, yeah, I think the truest essence of authenticity is someone who goes into something with purely good intentions, with no intention of ever becoming financially, uh, having any financial imperative whatsoever, and then good things happening to them as a result, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream. And 95% of people identify that it, they'd rather do good things for other people yeah. than bad things. Yeah. Um, so they'll position themselves in such a way. And I think that, you know, it's, I'm not saying that these aren't real values that people hold. I'm just saying that there's deep down that there may there is ulterior motives and less so with people, individuals, than with big corporate brands, as you say, who answer to shareholders. Um, hmm. yeah. yeah. Right. We've We've done authenticity hope that was enlightening for some people <laughs> uh, next... enlightening for me yeah uh, it's good to think deep ed it's good to think deep i don't do it often no we need to go in on these on single words it's it's i tell you, like the the subject of just 
exploring words is fascinating. Um, what are the pitfalls of startups versus solopreneurship? So I can, um, so I, I'm, I'm aware of many people who have uh, co-founded companies. Um, I'm, I have yet to, I've yet to, well, I've, I've, I've had a sort of, yeah, I've, I've had a revenue stream on my own before. Um, I am now doing a project with, uh, with, with a friend of mine. Um, and I'm aware of that, that, that there's this, this huge debate over it. Um, I, I can't quite say which is, which is better because I, I've yet to really sort of go, go through it and, and come out the other end and say which was better. But I'm I'm prepared to believe that co-founding is is probably the better way to go. Although I, I sit here across the table, <laughs> not not quite sure. Well, the thing, <laughs> I, so I've got a number of I'm not sure if anecdotes is the correct term, but kind of thoughts that occur when I think about each of the the various oh God, when I think about each of the various approaches. Um, so. Number one, so with startup, oh yeah. no, here's a lovely quote I heard the other uh -huh. day and I cannot for the life of me remember who said it. Take a moment. Take a moment. Uh, what, you think I should really credit this individual? Um, <laughs> I, I literally, I can't remember. I, I, if I remember, I will bring it up. I'll, okay. just, I'll just interrupt and say who it was. But the quote was, um, I remember who it was. It was David Droger of Droger 5 and he okay. probably stole it off somebody else. So here goes the chain. But it was... Um, Business people make the world go round, but creatives make the world worth living in, which I thought was a nice was a nice way of of looking at this. And um, when it comes to startup versus solopreneurship, I think they've both got their pros and cons. Uh, people who basically create the ladder obviously have loads of upsides with regards to they get to employ people and empower others. Uh, they get to hopefully create something that's going to put a dent in the world in some respect. Um, You're talking about solopreneurs here? No, I'm talking about... Well, to be honest, both both can. Yeah, but, but both can hire people. Both it, can create a ladder. Uh, to some degree. I suppose if you're saying solopreneurship, that's more of a, a, a individual endeavour. You, you may employ people, um, but for, um, just like, you hmm, know, okay. for, yeah. for the mass use case. Yep. So startups... I see what you mean. I think the problem for me, like, there's a, there's a shift going on, I believe, which is people are moving out of jobs and more towards uh, basically just being a hired head. Scott Belsky has recently started a, a startup, uh, which is basically an application where you have your phone book of friends mm -hmm. and you make recommendations via that. Hmm. And if anyone's going to execute on something well, it would be him. Um and that, to me, along with lots of other things and the way when I talk to people and feel their uh, their struggles around having to work on stuff they don't enjoy, makes me think that people are going to move out of employment. So then you've got two areas there, which is you either start a startup or you pursue solopreneurship. And I personally shy away from the idea of startups because it feels like a massive, heavy commitment on your shoulders. And a lot of people, you know, there's the lean startup model, which is starting with very little money, or there is taking investment, which as soon as you do that, you're then all in and you've got to answer to someone. And that, to me, feels like a massive burden. 
Is, yeah. What do you think? I, I think bootstrapping is is where you sort of do it yourself, you do it cheap, uh, blah, blah, blah. Whereas uh, you can, or, or alternatively, you can take VC money uh, or investment and and go after growth uh, over profitability um, in the in the short term. Uh, I think the lean startup can apply to either, though. Uh, I think that's about rapid learning and rapid iteration. And you, I think you can do that in whether you take investment or not. Uh, Going back to a thing we mentioned earlier about distribution, but mm-hmm. the, basically put another way, startup money is like an, is like your accelerator, isn't it? Because you can bring on staff and... You can grow over the need to make profit. Yeah. Which means you can hire staff. You can invest in this, in that, in this, and that, which aren't, which isn't going to directly bring you back money that you're going to be spending on it. So yeah, yeah, um, a, a lot of a lot of companies in in hyper competitive industries will will take VC money, for example, unless you've got a very unique way of approaching a problem, in which case you'll go for uh, you, you might be tempted to bootstrap it. Yeah, but uh, I 100% agree. The thing which worries me is that when I speak to, say, graduates who are in, a lot of the times, the best position to do startups because they have no commitments and because they tend to be digitally native now, there's so many smart young people. Um, But the thing that oftentimes I hear is they'll come to me and say, Rick, I've got this idea for an app. How much is it going to cost me to get this developed? Yep. So even if it only costs, even if they manage to scrip and scrape it and get it done for like 1,500, two grand, right? which would be the cheapest app ever made. Um, they've then got a massive, massive problem on their hands, which is everybody in the world only uses a handful of websites and, and apps on their phone. Yep. How are you going to become something which breaks through? Yep. And so people go into these things with, with rose-tinted glasses thinking that yeah, they're going to sure. become multimillionaires. And in, in my eyes, I feel like it's almost... The If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The odds of winning the lottery. So to read between the lines there, it's going to be really, really fucking difficult. And that's why I think starting a company with someone else is 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 going to be easier. It depends on the type of co- if you if you want to start a company that's only going to employ one person the entire life you, you, of of the company, then yeah, solopreneurship works. But if you're going to do something really tough, then it helps to have the support and to have somebody hold you accountable. For me, I I, fi- I find the the accountable thing in getting to the next stage incredibly useful. Um, having to make a meeting. <laughs> just just that one thing of like being 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 called to account to actually make a deadline uh even if that person isn't your boss i mean it's it's very useful yeah and if you're going to do something which is going to take five ten years of your life before you can exit it get your money back get your get your life back get having made it worth your time well see that is my next question right so assuming that a very very few percentage a very very tiny percentage of startups actually go on to be successful and are worth the time you invest. So imagine that like, you need to ask yourself before you go into a big project like this, why am I actually doing it? Are you doing it because you want uh, a, more money so that you've got more free time? Then ask yourself how much time that this project's going to take you to do. Because the, uh, the answer may be that you just don't do the project <laughs> and that you use the time you would have invested into the project on yourself, mm-hmm. which is what you were going into it for in the first place. Yep. And I think that, you know, not enough people ask themselves that. But And when people actually say, like, what's the idealistic lifestyle that you're going for? Very few people, I think, you know, really want the flying jets and all that. They just want to have a nice life around nice people, eat nice food, go on nice holidays, which doesn't cost doesn't cost that much, um, which is why, for me personally, I'm more interested in solopreneurship because if you can accomplish living a lifestyle of earning, say, over £100,000 at this moment in time, in 10 years from now, maybe more than that, mm-hmm. um, and and um, your time is your own to, 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 to some degree and the things you're putting your time into, you aren't, you aren't accountable to others for then that to me feels like uh, the lifestyle of a million of a multimillionaire <laughs> you know does that yeah. make sense it depends on what drives you if you're uh, if 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 you purely want creative freedom then and 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 you have that with uh, an income that is really sizable by world standards but not by by, by far not uh the huge incomes that some people can make then then yeah i, I, I imagine that's absolutely acceptable to you there's one thing which i've that's only occurred to me since doing say the podcast mm-hmm. and and really you know so i'm doing these things because i'm passionate about them i would genuinely be doing this if i didn't have an audience because i enjoy the debate and meeting people but um eventually if you do get an audience you become accountable to them oh, yeah yeah and they start to own you yeah and that is as I don't mind that. 
It's it's what will get me to that level. It's like that feeling of accountability. Yep, to some degree. But say, this is what worries me: is that uh, imagine that eventually, through the through the sustained years, say it takes five years uh-huh. to attain an, a small niche audience of people that I love to serve and that I really enjoy being around. Um, your self identity is kind of wrapped up in that audience, and it can it could make it extremely difficult to uh, walk away from. You know, mm. and so again, as a solopreneur, it's <laughs> I. How would that be any easier though if you had a co-founder? Would, would, would no, they no, be able to no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But um, yeah, I'm talking about just the ups and downs of both sides in general. Okay. So it's not necessarily that um, startups offer offer anything different, but in the solopreneurship world, you have the option of working on projects that you could feasibly walk away from hmm. or yeah. that you're or that you're not your name isn't intrinsically attached to it um for example this is called ricky vich's represents i couldn't pass this to somebody else right because it's my name's in the title um but i'm doing it f- like i'm seeing it as like a bit of a it's a long-term project um but if you know you start a website and it's not your name on it and you don't you you run it almost mm, as a business yeah. but as a solo person that i believe is an area of focus that people should concentrate or as somebody that's going through this myself and and learning the ups and downs there there is definite merit in that because it is something that um you're not behold to an audience for uh, you know, I think this is becoming increasingly important for creatives that are looking to create their own things on the side, and they're inevitably going to go through these hurdles themselves. And so many people are trying to start businesses, right? Well, it's like a, it's a, a personal brand, by the sounds of it. As a, you're, you're going to be doing your personal brand as a on your own. You're not going to have a co-founder in your personal brand unless you are, <laughs> I don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk or someone. I have no idea why that guy's famous. Um, <laughs> I do. I mean, I could, I could break that down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he started off like because I've followed him quite closely, so he's an interesting character. So his family already had money they, uh, when he started. So they had it was like a three million pound business. He grew it. Yeah. So he says. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sh- I'm sure. He, exactly. I'm sure. It just sounds like more like the cult of Gary. Yeah. And like almost like a pyramid scheme. Like if you buy into it, then he'll market himself based on you having bought into it and round the circle goes it seems like so, it sounds like a lot of personal branding like even like tim ferris yeah right so this is what fascinates me right so let's go back to the authenticity dare i say Ricky richard yeah well fine but let's go back to the authenticity debate <laughs> jokes people hate gary vanderchuk right because he's all bravado mm-hmm. and he is he i don't think hides the fact that his fame is a pyramid in terms of like the more he goes up, the yeah. more leverage he creates. Yeah. Whereas every other celebrity in the world does exactly the same thing, but hides behind a cloak of whatever their skill set may be. But I think he has a. He says he has a skill set as well. He, well, he does marketing, right? Which is basically the skill set of of playing the game. I, I, I mean, it sounds like his his skill set is more like being famous here's how you get famous because i'm famous now that's a perfect feedback loop whereas if you're if you're 
if your ability is engineering, then like your ability to do engineering doesn't feed back absolutely directly into your being famous because it's your skill is not being famous. Yeah, which is what which is this is so what happens is is everyone that doesn't have the like feasible attributes to become famous, i.e., charisma and identifying opportunities to build leverage yeah. and all that stuff, don't become famous, regardless of how talented they are. The people that are talented that have those uh, inclinations to go on that step, they're a snowball down a hill. They just build and build and build. And the bigger ball pool you're in, the more that snowball grows, right? So, hmm. like, you know, it, it, when in some niche areas, there's a ceiling to how far, how high you can get before you have to diversify. And I think, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think he identified that it was, he was in the wine business. You can become a, a pretty famous master sommelier or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. but... At some point, he he wanted to diversify into mass media, which at that moment in time was business, entrepreneurship, marketing, which is all stuff that he'd used to get to that point. And this is why I think <clears throat> there's some interesting transitions that are happening within, say, music and stuff, because these people, they're not dumb. You know, the celebrities that get themselves to where they are. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy that's now the... Uh, Oh God, he, he's a musician, but he's now the head of uh, MTV. I forget, I forgot the guy, uh, ASAP Rocky. Okay. So ASAP Rocky is, you know, most people just go, he's a rapper, right? But he's not, he's a creative, he's a marketing genius. The same as Conor McGregor, right? He's a UFC fighter, but he's a marketing genius. Um, all these people are multi-talented and happen to have... What, but mm. yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people hate on people like Gary Vaynerchuk because he's transparent about it, and because his skill set happens to be exactly what you've just said. The fact that it's like I'm famous, so follow me, and yeah. I'll show you how to be famous. I, I guess. Okay, so so maybe we can agree on settle on the idea that you're always there's always going to be an element of the solopreneur. Now I understand sort of kind of what what you what you mean by it, like in in that you're always going to be doing your 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 personal brand, and the stronger your personal brand, the more connections you're going to be able to make, and the stronger your ability to thrive in all aspects is going to be as a result of it. But there may come a time if you want to make an absolute, uh, a, a huge deal out of this opportunity you seal or a, or a killing somewhere where you see there's a lot of money to be made or whatever it is. And you're going to need to be able to do it with someone else to, to hold you to account and, and to sort of borrow from their skill set because you're not perfect. Uh, so I, I, I like to think there's 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 probably room for, for both in the world. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I can see what you mean. I guess... Um, you know, when we when I do these workshops and it's trying to help creatives to become um, like how to get th- to progress in their career, it often comes down to those those kind of self um, self promotion techniques mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's all the stuff that celebrities use. You know, it's how can you get your work featured in magazines and all the rest of it. Some people take it further than others, but for example, there's opportunities all over the place. People that would otherwise be marketers are probably now doing youtube videos about vr because five years from now vr is going to be a bigger thing than it is now <laughs> or likewise there might be someone who's building their niche as um you know there might be a cross-pollination thing so say i spend the next 10 years 
doing design and technology podcasts, well, then maybe I could transition to VR. I'm not saying that I am, but if that world became big, there would be a natural transition there, for example. If, if, and I think that's the way people play this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds about right. Right. Last, last one. And this all, one, all of these kind of kind of touch yeah, on each yeah, other. They, they, yeah, yeah, they they merge together, which I don't I don't mind, and I think that's part of the uh, parcel of it. But and you're right, these this merges perfectly because should people be doing social media? Okay. So who's the biggest advocate of social media? The, the man himself, <laughs> Gary. Like Gary, and he's made himself famous by using social media, and then he's made himself famous by telling people to, use, to social, use social, social media. media. And and to use it, yeah, yeah. Simply to use it, you don't even need to tell them how. Well, I'm going to tell you the single most important thing that you should be doing right now. You need to make a note of this, go home and do this. Well, I think he's fascinating because he's got so much leverage. He can go, this platform's going to Stop be... what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Stop what you're doing. Don't sleep for the next 10 days and do all you do for the next 10 weeks is Snapchat, all right? <laughs> you know, and you'll become fucking the best at it or whatever and right so his philosophy is fairly simple it's identify networks that suit your your natural tendencies uh over invest in those platforms in the early days so that when mass market Mm -hmm. like flood to the platform you're in a position to 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 leverage that my thing is there's too many people on these networks all trying to do similar things and I just, for the most part, I think it's, it's a relative waste of time. If if people are investing substantial amounts of time into these things, it's questionable if that time could be spent better elsewhere. Say, for example, you're putting together a really intensive Instagram post with 30 tags and yep. all the rest of it. Yep. You're going to get f- like however many likes yep. as a note. Right? I'll use myself as an example. 56 likes, right, for the uh, five-minute upload it took me to post something on Instagram this Uh morning. Um, What if I'd made a phone call to someone highly influential this morning instead? Yeah. Um, And uh, Or every single morning, instead of looking to post a picture on Instagram, I I would contact the editor of uh, a, a magazine instead. Who has a, a you know a, a, an audience of people who consume their whatever it is they produce? It sounds like you're lumping all of social media in together, though. I mean, it, it, like, should you be doing it on social media? Like, somebody would have asked that question uh, six years ago, let's say, before Instagram really, really cut it into the mainstream, and people didn't really know what it was. And you might have said, "No, there's no point," but. And then, and then you might have gone and discovered this slightly, this not yet matured platform, got on it, developed a following, and then really seen the dividend once it hit the mainstream. And maybe there are there are platforms out there right now, which are which are like that. Um, and so people need to be be chasing them. And and at the same time, uh, so so that's kind of standing out. Like you're you're not playing by the rules. That, yeah. uh, you're 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 going in places where a lot of people don't go, um, but. Even if you did stay on the the platforms that you're on, just not playing by the rules of which content to make or not to make, you might be able to still cut it. 
but but yes like as a, in general as a as a as a as a broad thing social media didn't really exist let's say 15 years ago 20 years ago um it, it didn't really it, it wasn't mainstream it, it it wasn't really obvious how to use it and leverage it as a marketer whereas now it is so in general it's i think it's just going to take more creativity and ingenuity as to how to really get a lot out of it in the same way that the internet has required that there have been wave upon wave of of of, of advances across the internet like back in the day you used to be able to make a lot of money by just writing um uh nice shoes on your website or you know shoes 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 like again and again again and make it white so it blended into the background and and that used to get you to number one on uh on alta vista uh and you, and you make a ton of money but things move on and social media maybe is the internet uh of social media today is maybe the internet of i don't know 15 years ago okay so let's put this into there's ourselves which is one thing and we can invest because i i 100 agree with you by the way uh, talking about how fame is is a leverageable asset if someone lands on your instagram account and you've got ten thousand followers the amount of people that would invest uh or give you opportunities purely on the basis that you've got an audience of ten thousand um is you know so it becomes a valuable asset but so there's pursuing niche uh areas yourself that you hope to grow but then there's also convincing brands to do the same, which is almost impossible. <laughs> so as someone that works in the creative industries ourselves, say we go, do you know what, there's this new platform that you should be investing a lot of time into now. That just doesn't happen. Hmm. And, you know, the, the fact that they're established brands. But that's, that, was, that was surely the same maybe in, um, in the early days of the internet as well, or any technology. Like huge companies are not going to be the early adopters of any new technology. It's going to be the, well, it's, uh, early adopters are often the slightly quirkier, weirder ones. They're not going to be the mainstream big brands. But this is, I, I genuinely think that as long as the world is at the pace it is, mm-hmm. and I 100% agree with you, they're never the early adopters. I think it's going to gradually just get chipped away at to the point where big brands are going to, well, as as is the case, yep. right? Like they're, they're losing. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> it's so hard to to match the value that a lot of these uh, the the disruptors are providing. If you run a uh, subscription site, for example, in order to make a, even a substantial sum of money from it, you're needing to charge a certain amount so that you can market it, so you can drive people there. Mm-hmm. How many? Let's say you cap it at five pounds, right per month then you're competing with Netflix <laughs> in terms of what you can get for your money. To a mainstream audience, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you, so you're kind of saying if you can provide something to a niche audience that they need more than... Exactly. Which, which is true. Um, but yeah, it's just that basically the big... So the disruptors are doing the right thing. The established brands, I think, are starting to crumble because they're moving too slow. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, hopefully the disruptors will be disrupted again. But it feel, it, to me, it feels like uh, it's it's kind of coming to... It, everything's getting smaller whilst things are getting bigger, if that makes sense. Like, the biggest companies are making more money. But it, it all comes down to this, this small man uh, philosophy, which is move fast and 
go all in on on opportunities that you've identified you disagree yeah, yeah. no 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 i i, I think since since be, being able to access customers has become so much easier and so much well no no, no cheaper cheaper is the the operative word here uh it's it's become very cheap uh to 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 to, to access people who um i don't know let's say uh, ha- have insurance with it with a huge company. Let's say uh, if if you can if you can come up with a really interesting product which is as good as a major insurance company, then your customer acquisition costs will be uh, as a startup as when, when you're first starting up will be an order of magnitude lower, may- maybe two, um, than when that old fashioned insurance company first started up uh, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, so, so yes, like uh, upstarts can come along far more easily now than they ever could, uh, and they are they are shaking things up. And I imagine that this will probably probably continue. And and the only thing that would stop it is is whether or not a f- fast thinking startup, which has really made it big in in over the last five, ten, fifteen years, is able to continue that that pace of iteration and continue reinventing itself. Um, or, or just, I mean, maybe they could simply buy all of the companies that that do well, make that, it that, big. That's the interesting thing, right? Is but, it... but but they need the expertise at the top to be able to manage all of that. Because typically, big brands have kind of had enough money to ride the storm and then catch up. Yeah. But now, more and more so, brands are going. Do you know what? I reckon that we can just take you down. So instead, yeah, of, exactly. Instead of yeah. selling, they go. Do you know? Because I, they now recognise that the people at the top of those those huge companies are actually fallible, and they think, you know what? No, I'm not going to sell out to you. I, I can beat you, because the people at the top aren't good enough. So as long as these new ones that are coming up now have fantastic people at the top who are able to thrive in 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 today's environment. Um, just as well as they are ten years from now, in or twenty years from now, in a very different environment, then, then, then that'll be fine. They'll 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 stay at the top. But I think that's been the way throughout business. Yeah, I'd literally love to be involved in a company that's clearly got a, such a, a better project product, where you're just you're just going in, yeah. you know, like yeah, to yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's <laughs> business is fun like that. It's almost like a real life game, you know. Although I guess they'll be competing uh, with you in ways that are nothing to do with your product at that point. They'll be competing with you legally <laughs> or through how much can you spend. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That it's, uh, they'll be yeah. outmaneuvering you in negative ways rather than trying to outmaneuver you in, in positive ways. Yeah. What? So just by trying to crush you with... Try, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, it's like Facebook strategy, right? Is they're they're a millisecond behind Snapchat, but they just replicate everything they're doing currently, or that's so it seems. Um, come on, Ed, give us some juice. You've just been there. What what's Snapchat doing? Snapchat. Oh, they seem pretty. They seem pretty interesting. Um, their their biz de- their biz dev guy was was certainly on form. Um, what was his name? Uh, Safe. Scythe. Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was. He was a funny guy. I think he used to work at Google. Um, I, I don't think the the ephemeral nature of messaging had been quite drilled into me enough. The idea. So speaking of authenticity, like you, you won't need because you know everything will disappear within twenty four hours. You don't need to perfect everything. You don't need it to be shiny and beautiful, like 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 you're at a wedding. You can afford for it to be uh, with blemishes. And 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 that is 
really authentic. So if authenticity does continue at the pace that it's been going, and if it is the way in which people uh, can compete really effectively uh, against their competitors, then maybe Snapchat is is a is a is a platform worth watching. I say that like it isn't. Uh, a humongous billion dollar <laughs> IPO as well. Do you think, I think there's uh, swings and roundabouts there and I think it's where you you f- you are on that scale so you know Casey Neistat for example made his name by making videos that felt very uh, what was the term you just used? Ephemeral? No not ephemeral. Authentic. Authentic well basically they, they're a little bit less high production value but blemish. Blemished, yeah. that's the word, yeah. So it, it felt blemished, but actually he actually had a history as, of being a, a good filmmaker. But if you're not as rapid, then sometimes just investing a lot into production can also elevate you. So I think there's definitely the internet has opened up the blemish, hmm. uh, fast-paced... Finally. Yeah, side of it, so that people that aren't able to execute perfect stuff can still get in the game. But um, I'll take, for example, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, podcasts are, as this is a very blemished discussion, you know, that we've just had right now. I'm talking over myself as I'm thinking in my head and we've rambled and all the rest of it. But Malcolm Gladwell instead went, do you know what, I'll invest a year of my time, which he's got the luxury of doing because he's loaded, and produce something of such high quality that it can't be ignored. And so there's swings and roundabouts is all, all I want to say on that, is that if you can invest time into high quality, that can also still do very well. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Maybe not so on Snapchat. Imagine if you just invested all your time producing beautiful stuff and only released one snap a week. I was, tr- I was trying to think of how to kind of hijack their their their. their, their their stream so you can like take a perfectly authentic photo and then kind of push it into snapchat as if it had just been taken and then then pass that off and then so you you can craft your life uh like instagram but really leveraging this whole authentic uh vibe that would be quite cool there's i think there's a software platform that you can hijack your um i think you can hijack a webcam feed for facebook live uh video so live video is pushed to the top of news feeds uh, and to your phone with push notifications like like no other uh, media on that exists on Facebook. F- Facebook live video is huge for Facebook right now and they want to push it like hell uh, because they know that people are really interested in it. So if you can hijack that feed, as you can, I know you can, I can't remember <laughs> the name of this, this software feed, but you can perfectly uh, craft this authentic live looking video and then just plug that into to Facebook and you'll, you'll be ready to pounce on the response. You, you, I mean, you don't, you don't you need to be sort of uh, live on air as so the comments can, are coming in. You can be in your pyjamas whilst yeah, producing yeah, yeah, exactly. your authentic... Or, or you can be sort of dressed up, suited and booted, ready to go and capitalise on the awesomeness and the traction that this video is, is getting. Wow. At the same time. So I. So one question with Snapchat, I'm sure this was answered, is... I should know this, but um, with, like, say, Instagram, there's a level of investment there because when you take a photo, you're curating a feed mm-hmm. that you have some attachment to because it's your life depicted... With Snapchat, it all feels very there one second, gone the next. What is the asset that, that you're creating other than followers? 
is there is there a tangible thing that you can point people towards that that exists? I think you're asking the the wrong guy there. Really, but but even if it is just followers uh, who get that momentary because uh, that, that emotion as a result a result of being able to tap tap into your life is that is that such a, a well that's thing? always been a thing I think when I've uh, been researching startups is they encourage people to create something where there's a level of investment in what people are engaging with so with Facebook you know all your friends are there mm-hmm. um, and you've got your your feed I, th- I think that's less valuable now than it was. Uh, but it used to be, you know, sure. every single photo you had went up on Facebook. Uh, whereas it seems now, well, you know, it's gone slightly Instagrammy. It's a different audience, right? As well, as we've got older, it's we probably use it differently to other people. But um, Instagram definitely feels like it's almost like a website. You know, it's your yeah. It's going to stay there. It's, it's the longevity of of those photos. So they're, they're going to haunt you for life if they're the bad ones. Yeah. So you've got to. That's that's one of the reasons that that people take time and care and effort, and that's why they look so crafted and and and. Uh, talking Photoshop. Talking and, about full circle. So going back to yeah. our celebrity debate, your Instagram feed is a perfect ma- metaphor for celebrities, right? Because it is the highlight reel. It is the curated, beautiful part of your life. It's not the bit of your mm. life where you're stressing about work. And, <laughs> yeah, and you've had those twenty takes in the recording studio. Exactly, and yeah. all the rest of it. It's uh, you know, this is what I want my life to be like twenty four seven. But you see a, a window into it. And that is what celebrities like, as far as I can see, on a mass scale. But I wonder if there's a new crop of celebrity coming through, like Snapchat celebrities. Like that, they are. I think by definition, they're not those those people who've had uh, unlimited takes to get it right. They're the people who get it right uh, or wrong first time. Yeah, and that's kind of a beautiful thing. I suppose so. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. It is. That is a really. That is a positive thing. And yeah, yeah, it be, it's, we're going to be followed around by cameras twenty four seven sometime soon, aren't we? Well, it's, a snap, it's happen. snap have released their cameras where you wear them, and there's a camera on them the entire time. So yeah. everything you see, well, you know those drones that you can elevate above yeah. your like action sports. But we're just going to have uh, anyone that's watched Golden Compass, the, that that <laughs> the kids film, yeah. where you've got your uh, your avatar or whatever they are, your animal follower. You just have your own little uh, drone cam documenting your mundane life and everyone can tune into it also a beautiful thing also a beautiful thing yeah yep should we wrap it up there ed let's do it um ed where can people find you uh twitter ed turner um uh oh no no uh ed turner so yeah e-d-t-u-r-n-u-h head of marketing <laughs> not doesn't per- even know his own bloody Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> not, not personal branding so much. Yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've told me to brush up on that many times. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I've said you know if you're if you're a marketer, you need to have a personal presence as well as the stuff you do. You need for to businesses. channel that inner solopreneur. Exactly. Right, uh, Ed. Thank you for coming on. Sorry for anyone that's, for anyone that's listening to this. Number one. Uh, this is very different to a normal episode. This is very much more of a dialogue. Normally, it's just a straight-up interview. So if you did not enjoy this episode, you probably won't have got to this point, but don't be turned <laughs> off by that. Uh, number two, um, if you have questions that you'd actually like us to explore as opposed to stuff that I come up with five minutes before we jumped on air, 
then uh, please do send me some requests on Twitter and I'll make sure to include them in the next roundtable. I'll probably be trying to do these once a quarter or so and next time I'll bring in more than one guest so it's not just me rambling. Uh, Thank you for listening and until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share. I'd also like to invite you to an ongoing project called the Move Me mailing list. If you enjoyed the show, I'm confident you'll enjoy this newsletter. It contains links to all the great content I've uncovered each month, along with insights of any interesting opportunities I've discovered. You can subscribe to this by visiting my website at rickyrichards.com. A special thanks to Frankie Byrne and James Utting. They're the tech heads that make this show possible. The intro music was composed by Dom Stores Fox. And thanks again to Reese Chapman for introing me to Lou and Lizette, the wonderful folks at Factory Studios in London, where this show is recorded. Finally, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a great day and keep creating. Until next time, bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.